gentlemen, welcome back to the George Carmona podcast. I know you guys like that little seductive intro music. I try to make it as most uh, close to Love Me Sexy from Jackie Moon as possible. I mean, my room is still painted um, semi-pro colors. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, besides that, I am joined by a very special guest. He has been a friend of mine for seven plus years now. We met like fresh, not eight, eight years probably. Yeah, this would be eight, year eight of meeting David Rose. We met in freshman football um, in 2012. Yeah, bro. So, David, how you doing? I'm doing great, George. I'm happy to be here. Um, we where are we at right now? You want to explain to us like the setting of the room because we're not in the George Carmona Studios. I know I talked about it earlier, but where no, are we at? Pretty much, we are in a suite at the Venetian Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Obviously, you guys probably know where George lives. He lives in probably one of the funnest cities to live in when you're when you're an adult. Pretty much, what I got was a free room because I was considered an essential worker. And for those of you that don't know an essential worker is, it's pretty much if you have a job and you were working during this whole COVID-19 pandemic, you're considered an essential worker. And this hotel gave out free rooms to everyone that was a worker. So I booked one for my birthday here. Was I this booked- like one of the things you saw on Facebook? Like, or like, how did you guys see this or hear I, about this? I saw a post on Facebook, like as soon as everything like happened. And I was like, I told her, I, I texted my girlfriend, I was like, is this real? And she was like, she was like, yeah, I think so. And then when we go home from work that day, our ro- our old roommates that we used to live with, they go, oh, yeah, like we booked a, we booked a room at the Venetian for free. And so we're like, oh, sh- oh, shit. No way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't give a and fuck we were like, what the car we were like, oh, shit. shit you say. And All since right. me and my girlfriend were both considered essential workers, we can book two nights. So we booked back to back nights at the Venetian Hotel. That is beautiful. I love the Venetian. Uh, I think it's one of the more underrated uh, hotels out here because the rooms it are is. the rooms are lovely. So like where we're sitting right right now is it's a suite. We're sitting on the there's like a little staircase that goes down in this living room area. The living room has got a pull out couch, two little comfy seats, a dining room table. It's not no Motel Six. It has a desk. It has lamps, outlets everywhere, multiple lamps. Um. It's not no standard. You walk in and it's just a bed there. It's you walk in, bed, closet, living room, TV, yes. fridge. It looks lovely. And it's like a nice little gold, uh, like got a gold white color scheme here. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. And then my two favorite TVs, my favorite part too. is it's David's birthday, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's why the, per- the free rooms tied in so perfectly is because David's celebrating his Jordan year birthday uh, here at the Venetian. I am sitting uh, directly in front of two of the cakes that Taylor, his girlfriend's mom, made. Um, one of them being a Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey barrel. And I'm, I, I am not exaggerating. It's one of those really creative cakes that you would see on like Twitter or Instagram. You're like, how do people come up with like these ideas for these cakes? Because not only does it have like a barrel look to it, but it's got like these little fake sugar ice cubes on top that are edible, they got like a golden tint to them. And I told David, when I talk about this in the podcast, I'm going to have one. Um, so David, while I have one, talk about the other cake, because there's two cakes in front of me. Well, George described the Jack Daniels honey one, and the other one we have is a Patron one. And Patron's a uh, tequila. And it's just like, it's got like these crystal covered 
white chocolate strawberries that just look fantastic. And I don't even know what else. I don't even know what else to describe that's on it. Some more like cake things that like make some things flowers. Look cool. There's some like, I think there's the same kind of candy. It's like the Patron colors of the bottle. I like that. I'm finishing up this rock candy here. Very similar to a just sugar rock candy that you would have made in like science class in chemistry when you're learning about how to make rock candies. At least in Northwest, that's what we do. Well, I got to. Uh, it's a lot of sugar. Well, you have a very unique situation with your uh, dog park. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Um, David had to qu- take quick phone call um, from his loved one, obviously. You know what I mean? It's an emergency. Yeah, and no, I had to give her an explanation that I was doing a, my first podcast. And not smacking some, cla- some clapping some cheeks. Yarp. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that's what you got to do when you're in a relationship and, you know, you're not responding back to texts, especially during work hours. Every guy knows. Every guy Sometimes knows that feeling. It's just too long of a text to type up and you just it'll take a 10-second phone call. Quick phone call. It's 10 nothing, seconds. No, like you said, nothing more than 10 seconds. This one did go a little long due to some stories, work yeah. stories. I, 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 well, you always got to ask her about how her day was. I haven't, I haven't talked to her all day. You always got to ask how the day God is. God forbid, right? God forbid you don't, and then that's uh, another... Because uh, if it's a bad day, then... You want to know. Don't ask how my day... You didn't ask how my day was. You want to know that... Well, and then to, thus to prepare yourself for the bad day. Yes. Yeah. Because the bad day doesn't just happen at work. The bad day comes home. Yeah. So you, cut, you try and nip it in the bud real quick. So when it comes home, it's already de-escalated. Maybe that's those are the kind of days where i would do the dishes you know i said at the beginning i wouldn't do the dishes uh because cameron's a sweetheart you ever buy flowers mm-hmm. i try to do little things like that um i'm you know, a, about, you know you gotta spend that much on flowers you can go to walmart and buy dude, two two cheap go, bouquet to combine two like four dollar bouquets or whatever go buy uh buy them coffee and then take it to their work david i don't know if you've ever done a coffee run they eat that shit up like literally the they need the coffee to get going. Our chicks work fucking late shifts. So that extra kick at the end of the day is a real helper. Definitely makes Cameron. It brings Cameron a smile. A of little. course. So anyways, David, why in the world have we stayed friends in your opinion? Wow. Honestly, for some, I don't know what, ha- what clicked freshman year. I think it came down to, we kind of had similar, like, parents in a sense where i'm uh they they kind of they i'm uh very family oriented and when i came on freshman year i came from a different middle school than all you guys went to so i was the new guy but i was also like kind of like everyone's looking at me because i'm i'm the biggest kid on i'm the biggest kid out there so you took me in kind of like open arms and like hey you want to come be my buddy and you introduced me to everybody and that's kind of how i got like to know everybody okay Based on your memory of me uh, freshman year, was I like white and nerdy? You weren't white and nerdy. I can, you were definitely, I'm um, a tone, you were definitely, I'm um, a, uh, I could tell you used to be, I'm um, uh, like a little chunkier, but you were definitely like, you definitely like, like you, you, you hit puberty like in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little, I was a little thick some bitch like yeah. eighth grade. Okay. No, I just wanted to know like what your vision of, or like no, what you saw. I always saw the- you, my always representation of you was the, the buff guy, like, like, like the pretty like swole guy. Built like Fernando, right? Yeah. Fernando's my father. He's built like a brick shit house. <laughs> <laughs> just 
just freaking all upper body and shoulders and then like we're just short and stock yeah know? no but i never had the interpretation that interpretation that you were like a, a, little, a little chubby boy freshman year not nah, i was like uh, pretty buff i thought you looked like nikolai Jokic. now that i know what nikolai Jokic looked like freshman Thank year you you kind of look like uh nikolai Jokic. i mean david is six foot five yeah about six five david's like six foot five and then freshman year he was right around like 250 so he's like a skinny Nikolai Jokic. I was 230 my freshman year actually Ooh. I was about 222 nah 230 240 my freshman year and I was sitting about six I was like six foot six one maybe yeah there's definitely a growth spurt from your freshman year too I, I definitely hit a growth spurt your family is extremely uh gigantic and I think the listeners should know that you come from a lineage of giants yes yes I do my father is about six eight and his sister, my aunt, she's about six five. Who, who, she her son? She looked like she would have dominated in the NBA. When I see your aunt, the the WNBA wasn't a thing back when she played, believe it or not, because she actually was one of the top players at Indiana. She was a Hoosier in Indiana. Oh no, shit! And she actually played very well, but the WNBA wasn't even a thing then. So she played her four years, like did great, and like oh, didn't do nothing God. else after. And then her son wound up being a seven footer. No way. Yep. I have a seven foot cousin, cousin Kyle. Cousin Kyle. He, um, uh, Do you he, ever ask him like, how's the weather up there? How's the weather? <laughs> <laughs> no, I never have. But it's funny though. The husband's like six, two, six, three. He's a short little guy. Really? Yeah. My uncle Chuck. He has to climb that ladder. Yeah. That Amazonian. Kyle, he played basketball, of course, but he was decent. I mean, he played up until Juco in college, but he, I don't think he did that good though, honestly. But then on my mom's side, my uncle, who was uh, about 6'10". Oof. So that's all. So I got height on both sides of my family, my mom and my dad's side. So I think that plays a good part in yeah, why no, no, no. That's we're like, also, That we're gives all, you like a 70% chance of being enormous. Who his son wound up becoming, he's about my cousin Joe, who's about six foot seven now. He's about as tall as my dad, just about. Okay. And then the tallest one in my family outside of my dad is the youngest one out of us, Lonnie. He's about 6'6". Six, six. I okay. think Lonnie measures out at maybe six 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 five. No, I think six six. He's uh, and Lonnie's what four bills for sure. Yeah, probably. I easily. had Lonnie on the Run GMC podcast. You guys, you guys saw that unit of a guy. I mean, just talk about one of the all time great humans. Lonnie's a good. Uh, he's just a great soul. You know what I mean? He's just not, yeah, he's just a good guy. He's 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 he he likes to make people laugh. That's what he likes to. That's do. his goal. He enjoys seeing that. Yeah, I think he enjoys seeing laughter. Sometimes he tries a little too hard. <laughs> But he he enjoys seeing laughter. That's his that's his thing. Gotta love Lonnie. Um. So, anyways, like you said, our families were together really tight. Um. Because my grandma would come to the game. Your grandma would come to the game. You know, we had the whole handicap section was the whole was scheduled section. was sectioned off for the Carmona and Rose family. Those because my aunt would yes. come, my aunt and uncles would come, your aunt and uncles would come, and we'd sit in that section because our grandmas obviously aren't aren't walking up the fucking bleachers. Nope. Nope. They're both. They your grandma was right about. Not, your grandma was ninety. My grandma was in her late eighty, mid eighties. Yeah. No, no, no. And so I now mean, they weren't walking. But up talk there. about kicking till the end. Those two, like they were, they were, they were fine. You know what I mean? They're capable of living on their own, like they're, doing things. Yeah, that, they're both living on their own fine. I know my my grandma was still going grocery shopping. She went out to the church every every Saturday. That's key. I I mean, when will we find church? Because. I feel like once you hit like an age, have you ever I don't been know. to church though? I have. 
I've been like, to church many times, actually. Like a serious, like a serious church. Um, what churches you go to? Most Not Canyon serious, Ridge. That I don't no, really most can... serious uh, was Saint Barnabas. That was the one that my grandma went to. Mm-hmm. So we, because we got my grandma into this Catholic church, she had had a hiatus in churches when she moved into my house because she was like I said, she's capable of living on her own. Like we had to assist her, and we wanted her at the house just in case anything bad happened. But she still woke woke up every morning. Was able to get herself like dressed you woke ready. Up at the ass crack of dawn. <laughs> Towards the end, she was like pushing like 10, 11 o'clock. She was sleeping like crazy. But um, what was I getting at with that? We were talking about. Man, where were we going with that? The handicapped football, the football section. Okay. So. Yeah, our families on a Friday night would encompass uh, one eighth of the Desert Shield stands um, because not only the roses being so large, but my family would come. uh, And then we also had a lot of like family friends that would come. You guys that have like aunts and uncles. I would have my my uncle and aunt show up occasionally. Anyone who came with us or showed up with us for the game Mm -hmm. was in that section. Yeah, it It was even a, a, a point. So there was a banner made. We, we yeah we did have banners there made. was a banner made and like your parent your mom made the banners i believe lovely woman by the way it was fernando actually was it fernando that did that yeah, yeah. He, he went like gone like done or whatever mm-hmm. that's cool he uh yeah he's uh, your a- dad your dad made football very um uh, memorable and enjoyable in the sense of the pregame meals oh my god the day before pregame meals and then the Domino's pizza every day after the game. After the game, right? Because like, Domino's pizza is my favorite pizza. So every every day he'd buy like tw- every every Friday night game about twenty boxes of pizza. Everyone pretty much have their own box. That's why I feel I uh, I'm horrible at saving money. I mean, we were blessed to have my mom with the ability to like carry us financially yeah, in that sense, and for them to be able to do that stuff. But I see that same kind of qualities in myself, like where it's like. I go above and beyond to make sure that other people are taken care of and it, cause it's a great feeling. You know, my dad, the reason why he, he did that and they made, my parents made such a big effort into that is because they know, you know, not every kid's going home to a meal every night. You know, there was kids that would take boxes of pizza home and we know that not only do we feed them, but we probably fed their siblings. We maybe even fucking fed their parents. Oh, I homed, I homed a, a, a teammate for, Two years during the season, I remember. I remember, and I'm. I love. I will keep his name out of it, but I mean, I love. I love him. Love that dearly. guy to death. I love him dearly. I haven't spoken to him, him in a long and, time, yes. but I love him to death. Yes, One and very, he's doing really well for himself too. Right he's now, he's doing I'm very proud, well I'm considering his situation. Mm-hmm. But no, I love that kid to death. He always okay. have a special place with me. But I think what I was trying to get to with this whole um, beginning of of this podcast is. Like why it's important to to keep some people in your circle because you hit it on the head and I hadn't even thought about family, but family is so key because your family is very similar to my family in that sense where it's like huge family, take care of everybody. Then that builds on to us talking past high school. Like what uh, people got to realize is once you hit high school afterwards, it's a completely oh, different game. No, I was, I honestly was, was one of the most well-known people at my high school. Very popular, I, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew who I was. And I had a lot of friends. But when I graduated, I, I kept my, like, the people I, I 
kept around was you, your girlfriend, Cameron, or your your fiance now. now right? Congratulations, Cameron. Thank you. I, I kept it very small. And plus, a lot, a lot of kids I went to school with went down some, I don't want to say rough paths, but paths I wouldn't have chosen for myself. Um, and are you referring to a little of like just not getting jobs, like not getting jobs in a sense, doing like just dumb, dumb shit that can really get you in a lot of trouble. Like one of our old friends, bully. Yep. You would say bully because he won't listen to this. Going to rob a, uh, he robbed a, a, a store, a small store, a small business. And he tossed the gun or wherever, wherever the fuck he did his little 22 pistol. That was like a piece of junk. And he got arrested, but he got out of it because they didn't have his face on camera. But he was like, no, it's like he just, like, in a car, reckless driver. He would just, uh, I know he sent Snapchats of him shooting out of a vehicle. Like, just, you know, just, just doing dumb things that like, can get you in a lot of trouble knowing that. And, like, because there's a fine line you could take between we, doing things. So people know we hung out with Bully. Like, Bully, our senior year in football, like, he would come over to our house and we would, uh, we would smoke cigars and we would spend the night, um, at my house so before a film. A lot of cigars. Crazy amount of cigars. But just. I think we puffed down even, six, seven full-size cigars. You can't even fathom the amount of cigars we smoked. They sometimes had cigars and brownies, believe it or not. Great. Those are vitamins, actually, David. What are you talking about? Those are daily vitamins. So, transitioning now. All right. It's on the TV right now, so why not talk about it? We're watching the, the Lakers. Nuggets game one of the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. Um, first off, before we get into predictions and everything, what is one thing that you've like noticed about the Denver team that is different than like any other team in the West? You know, because there's a lot of great teams in the West, but like, what does Denver have that like separates them? Well, they have Jokic, who is like a superstar. But they don't necessarily have like a LeBron James or like a Kawhi Leonard per se. They all have to really work together like really well. And they have to be very, very defensive minded and also get the job done on offense. So it just comes down to they just had to they had to play to they had to play very team oriented basketball, kind of like a Spurs per yeah. se, because they don't have necessarily the guy to keep them in it. They have good players, but they all have to play together as one to get the job done. Yeah, I think it it definitely helps that they have Jokic and Jamal Murray, who's just I I I if you would have told me before the season Jamal Murray turns into this, like I'd even we we play two K my team all the time, and I didn't see any Jamal Murray cards. No, not at all. No, and this dude is a he's a flipping stud. You know, he's dropped yeah. forty points four times in the in the bubble. Um, dropped thirty. I'm pretty sure multiple times, but like you said team-oriented basketball, and they play great defense. You know, the crazy thing is, you know they were the third seed in the West? There like, was a while where they were battling the the second, first seed. They were battling the Clippers for that second. The Lakers kind of ran away with it. Like, right near before the end, COVID. But, but yeah. like, before, like, the first half of the season, it was, they were, had one of the best records. And, you know, I heard that they get a lot of criticism because, you, you know, their young prospect, uh, Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah. So, he... He's six eleven. He's that raw, talented kid, and he even in the last series kind of messed up big time, saying like, um, you know, we got to play more players, like a team like the Clippers, like we got to keep them uh, on their toes. And then, well, 
you can't say that, right? But then their team goes on a freaking, they win three straight and then they take the series. Um, he's a stud though. Like I've seen him play a couple of times uh, in the playoffs. He gets limited minutes, but really lengthy, really good uh, at switching on defense. Yeah. But guess what? He can go. He has a really good card though in 2K. It makes sense. He right? has a really good card though in 2K. He's a Galaxy Opal, yeah? Yeah, he's one but of the best Opals in 2K, yeah. He, um, I think within the next year, like he, he's going to have a bigger role. He had two back surgeries in college. So if people are wondering, like, why in the, like, why is this kid important at all? He's 22 years old. He's had two back surgeries in college. He's coming back from it. He's getting limited minutes because of it. And I think this is where NBA teams are getting really smart. Is they're like they're weeding, they weed their their guys back. Like Joel Embiid's a great example, for instance, in oh, that sense, because yes. he had all those broken like foot injuries and all that stuff that pretty much sidelined him for like his first two years in the league. He didn't play a single game, and then he breaks out his third season and he's. One of the top guys in the league. Yeah. It, people, um, because you, you, you gotta understand, like there's generational talents, like when they come out of high school, I feel everyone makes a huge deal about these high school kids now, but I promise you like 70 to 80% of those kids will be average role players and they might make it to the league and then they might end up playing in fucking Europe, but there's, don't get me wrong. They're studs, but then there's those generational talents, the Joel Embiid's. The Michael Porter Juniors, Jason Tatum's, Jason Tatum's. Uh, you said Anthony Davis. I'll give you Luka Doncic. You know what I mean? Like people that just really fucking stand out. The Nuggets, though, um, they're losing right now. We're watching. It's fourth quarter, eight minutes to go, uh, and the Lakers are up one hundred nine to ninety two. I should have fucking bet the over. I literally two ten in a game one uh, was the over was the total, and um. I should have taken it because game ones teams like to feel it out. Do you see that in series like we're game one? It's going to be a, it's going to be just a, you know, who gets that last shot. You might get a go on a run like the Lakers have and the Lakers have pretty much sealed this. The up. Lakers have been I've been watching the whole game. The Lakers have been the first quarter was very close. I think it was like 28, 26, something like that. 30, 38, 36, 38, 36. It was a, yeah, it was okay. a shootout. Okay. So, but pretty much, but in the second quarter, there was a span where I don't know how long where the Nuggets only scored one point for like well over a few minutes. And in the and game one of the playoffs like that, and any, any not even the playoffs, yeah, you can't score one game. point in a few minutes. That's just, they that's got, just not it. They cannot have, uh, they cannot play like how they played the Clippers where they, they were down. And I, oh my gosh. They won, but they, they were down by 17 in game five in six they played and sloppy they, and then they, they pulled it together and you can't afford to play back. sloppy at this point in the, in the playoffs the lakers look hungry the lakers especially lebron not winning mvp again this year oh. and we all know how good playoff lebron is. he's he's one of the, he's one of if not the most unstoppable player in the playoffs outside of michael jordan in playoff mode basketball he can do whatever he wants on the court he literally even well time. into his 30s he's averaging He's always averaged damn near triple double like numbers, puts up almost 40 a game, if not averages at least 30. He leads in, I don't know how many playoff categories and statistics. You know where this is bullshit the most, Dave, is like. They give it to these these highlight players. You look at the Russell Westbrook breaking the records. He gets the triple double record. He has a great season. MVP him. Guess what? 
he 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 averages a triple double, gets MVP. Great, good for him. Hasn't been done since Oscar Robinson in like the sixties. But then he does it next season. He's not even in the top, not even the top ten voting. And the man averaged a triple double. So what was the what what was the difference? And that and in that year he made it. The, he didn't even make the playoffs when he won the MVP. And he didn't, and he didn't, and he made the playoffs and he won MVP. Like not even considered. You look and then you see James Harden, James Harden scoring title, first of his career where he averages like thirty six, drops 40, 50 points regularly. That one I would contend with. Okay, I can see he's a generation like that 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 will rarely happen where you'll get that kind of scoring games very similar to michael so james harden's one i don't really take away i compare this most so to like steve nash's back-to-back mvps where steve nash was just an overall game manager you know what i mean just like lebron is lebron controls the pace lebron controls when who shoots yeah when they shoot how much they shoot yeah and he's also a stud on defense. Not my take on Steve Nash winning back like MVPs. I agree with at least one of them, but he shouldn't have won back to back. Like if we're looking at his numbers in both of those seasons, he didn't even crack 20 in either of them. He didn't even crack 20, but he did have about between successful. 10, 15 assists and a couple steals, which yes, is very impressive, but I could have given you at least five people in that year that had similar to better numbers. And, and, and better. he, I think those years he battles with Kobe, yeah, like a yeah. young Kobe. Two thousand six, Kobe Bryant. You're telling you get a Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, who won MVP like in two thousand seven. Yes, you make uh, a young T Mac, D Wade. D Wade was just starting up. I think D Wade, because then he wins the title in two thousand six. So yeah, right around the court, because Nash won him oh four oh five, I believe. Either that or oh five and oh six, something like that. Yeah, but anyways. The MVP, what we're getting to is the MVP trophy is a fucking joke. It's a serious joke because LeBron should have five plus. If we really wanted to choose who was the best player every year, LeBron James would probably have won it at, at least seven, eight times in his career because he, he really is just that great of a player. But it's a fan favorite. It comes down to popularity. They can't give it to the same guy every year. It just doesn't. It just it'll get people bored. They need to keep things interesting. They got to play that. It's like the WWE. You know, there's you, there's a short span where you can win the WWE championship before somebody's going to come into. Yeah, before you. eventually you know? they're going to tell you you need to lose that you need to lose. So come on, let's get the show on the road, right? So LeBron, in my opinion, coming uh, to watching the first game, I always like to watch the first game of series before I make my predictions, and I really fucked up with the Celtics. It's a mood setter. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Because um, this is multiple times, um, but before the Celtics, shit, Lakers. Lakers take this in a, gentle, <coughs> a gentleman sweep. That, did you like that cigar? <coughs> did like my cigar. Okay. Um, Lakers take this in a gentleman sweep uh, in five games because of the straight up just fucking baller tone. They were talking mad shit in the second quarter. I don't know if you were seeing like, they had a couple of really physical plays. Uh, Marcus Morris like went up for a block, kind of like ran into a dude and tackled him. Marcus Morris was doing knuckle push-ups, you know, like he's in the fucking prison yard doing knuckle push-ups. Then Braun's fucking screaming and one in people's faces, like you know. I saw a, a, the Clippers do that a little bit, but 
the Lakers are fucking taking it to the next level with really sticking it to uh, sticking it to the fucking Nuggets. I don't think there's a I don't think there's a chance for the Nuggets. I don't. I think they've gotten lucky. They're lucky they made it to the second round or whatever. Yes, they the, fucking is, almost lost to the the Jazz. They're lucky they made it to the Western Finals, whatever round that is. Yes, they're lucky they made it this far because the Clippers really should have won that series. I'm surprised that Kawhi Leonard got they got the Clippers got comfortable. You know what? No, in my opinion, here's my thought because I discussed this the other night with my brother. In fact, it was my girlfriend because she's actually a Clippers fan. Every year, right? The Clippers always choke in the playoffs, but every year they always have these great superstars. But yet they have the same coach. So do you mean to tell me, is it the players or do you maybe need to think they need to get a change up in the coach setting? Because Doc Rivers chokes it for him every year because it's very similar to how my high school coach was in high school. He would change up his whole coaching style for the playoffs and it would come to bite us in the ass at the end. So I will jump in right here because I fucking agree with you a million percent. And for the sole fact, Dave, that I watched that that series thoroughly. Like I was watching each quarter, first, second, third, fourth. I saw the entire goddamn game. And what Doc Rivers does that every other coach doesn't do is when their team is up and the other team is coming back, Doc Rivers lets the game play out. He doesn't. Brad Stevens, and this is where I see the difference. Brad Stevens calls a timeout whenever they have a lead and that lead is infringed on by like four points, right? If they, if they get stopped and then that, that team gets like the a four point gets swing slowed down timeout immediately. What doc rivers does is he fucking sits back and then he's like, they're going to figure it out. You know what? Figuring it out gets you fucking sitting in Cancun right now. That's what figuring it out gets you doc call a goddamn timeout. Yeah. He lets it run out just like my high school coach used to do. But in my opinion, in situations like that, especially when you start to like, you start to get a little bit of momentum, you kind you put your foot on the gas pedal and you and you really like charge, you really charge down the core and take take over the game, build yourself. Don't even get comfortable in, in a, when you when you're at a lead. Keep going, like don't get comfortable because then you're just gonna lose your drive if you get comfortable. You and then they will because comebacks happen. You gotta think it's the NBA. We might talk about how like we like talk about how some players aren't good. At the end of the day. This is the NBA. All these players are in the NBA for a specific reason, that they're the best players in the world. That's why the NBA wins in every, like, in Olympics basketball. Yes. Because they have the best basketball players in the world. That's why everyone's playing the NBA. No one cares if you play in the European leagues. No. You go, you take that to the... The best European player, the person, Luka Doncic, one of the freaking MVP of their, whatever European league he played for. And he was 17 years old. He was 17 years old and he came over and played with us and he came over to play with us. Yeah, it just goes to show. And it's that's a cool thing about the NBA, too, is that they they are the sole. uh, It's just like the NFL. There's not another NFL anywhere else. Canada tries their little frou-frou league. The difference I would say between the NFL and the NBA is the NBA is worldwide. The NFL Basketball is played everywhere. Football is not played everywhere. Football in some countries is a whole different sport. That is true. That is true. But. I know for a fact that they're like in the process. They're going to make it to London. Then I think once they, because they keep playing those games every year at London, right? And now they're starting to play games in Mexico City. Yeah. I think it's a slow expansion. What NBA had that no other sporting uh, league had was fucking Michael Jordan. The, oh, the dream team is what, I was literally going to just bring that up. The dream team is what escalated the NBA into like 
this worldwide stardom because before it was just college players. Mm-hmm. But when when after we lost in the eighty eight Olympics and we got like the bronze medal, the USA was like, "Fuck that!" Like we have to play our college guys, but you guys get to play your thirty year old men against us. Like that's not fair. Like why can't we play our best if you can play your best? So we played our best and we beat everyone by fifty. What a team that was! What a team that was! There's, okay, there's, okay. There's so I don't want to go down this dream team path because I know we're gonna be there forever. What do you think? about this series where do you see this series going uh, i see it who takes it i see it going five games i feel like i i already i knew from i predicted five games before the season before the series started but i i figured the nuggets will pull one win out i feared game two maybe game three they'll pull out a win but the lakers are just like they're no they're, they want to win right now the I nuggets agree. are just happy to be here in disney world <laughs> they want to go ride space mountain but lebron wants to win a title <laughs> they're different purposes right yes yeah the nuggets look distraught right here on the bench they're, they're showing a, a shot of the nuggets bench right here that everyone's like damn that coach got a big ass gap between you see they're down by uh 22 four minutes left bring in freaking uh let's go they're bringing in bull bull holy shit we're getting to see bull bull up top up top let's uh, go you know he, oh he is on the nuggets isn't he let's go they're bringing in bull bull all right, no, I'm going to freaking take time to narrate this. Now, Bull Bull enters the game, freaking takes off his warm-ups. He's cold as shit. I literally think I just read LeBron's lips, and he said, that's one big nigga. I shit you not. I think I saw that. No, like, <laughs> I know I'm so serious. I wish there was rewind on this TV because it's truthful, dude. He, he is the tallest person on the court right here. I want him to get at least two points here. So he's on defense right now. He's guarding JaVel McGee. He is McGee. so skinny. I've never, I haven't J- seen him. Like, I haven't actually watched him like, play like, live like this. I've only to, watched like, highlights. He needs to eat a Travi patty. He needs some. Like, Travi. Have you, have you tried one of those? I yet? had one last night. They're mediocre. I tried it the other night. Did you like it? Mediocre. I, was, there, was there bacon on yours? Yes. But like one, one strip. Like, I don't know if there was bacon on mine. Michael Porter Jr. Step back three. Bull Bull is just guarding J.R. Smith. I think he caught a contact tie right there guarding JR. JR smells like the three blunts from earlier. Okay. All right. So, anyways, it's over. Um, if you're playing Bull Bull, this game is uh long gone. Um, one betting line that I saw in this game that blew my mind was uh the to- like largest lead. Because like I was like, what what could they think that the largest lead could be? They set it at 18 and a half points. And I was like, oh, my God, the Nuggets aren't going to ever be down by 18 and a half. You know what I mean? Well, like, they're going to play hard. It's the Western Conference well, look Finals. At, look at you now. I know. I would have been a freaking idiot. See, I'm horrible at sports betting. But my sugar daddy locks of the week. I'm two for two so far. Colin Morikawa. I'm actually two for three because Colin Morikawa didn't make the cut today. But I hit um, the Clippers Nuggets game seven, the under. At two hundred seven and a half points, they didn't. They didn't even score two hundred points. It was it was such a lock. Um, Congratulations, thank you. That was yes, yes. Take a take a little swig to that. Um, then I hit another bet on last night, Thursday night football. I told you to bet Joe Burrow in the Browns plus five and a half against Baker Mayfield. What does Joe Burrow do with two minutes left? Drives down the Bengals like a champion. Actually gives them a shot. You know what I mean? 
you get an onside kick there, you can make anything happen. You're down by a touchdown. But I get a backdoor cover. They end up losing by five. So I I win the bet. 35 to 30, right? I win the bet by half a point. So I was two for two. And then this Wingfoot golf course that the U.S. Open is being played on is one of the toughest looking golf courses I've ever seen. Uh, I end up losing my pick for that. I picked Colin Morikawa. He was in the contention two weeks ago. I was like, figured, you know, you're playing hot in golf. Put money down on him. You bet golf? 20 bucks would have won me 600 on the dude. Wow. Yeah, right? So low risk, uh, high what reward. What do you shoot? Uh, he's plus seven, but the cut was plus six. People played like shit today. Justin Thomas. I, so I won a couple of other golf bets today. Uh, Morikawa played decent. He played plus six yesterday. He was plus seven today. So he missed the cut by one stroke. And this was a tough course because the leader, Justin Thomas, went from five under to he's back to even. You know what I mean? And then I was, uh, I won a, a little bit of money. I lost money on Tiger Woods. I thought he mm-hmm. was going to play better than what he did. Tiger ended up golfing like a six over. Ooh. Didn't make the cut. It's a he's tough. Still go- I didn't even know Tiger was still golfing. He's going for that, uh, that he's got two more majors to be like the all time majors leader uh, or no wins leader over Jack Nicholas. You think at this point he's going for records or do you think he's playing? I think he's going for records. You think he's just playing for records? Why not? At this point? I mean, you have two more left. You know what I mean? I think Tigers maybe got like three, four more years in him. Maybe if he's lucky. Phil Mickelson's playing like shit. He's 50 now. Phil Mickelson. He's, he's been around. He's been like an elite golfer for like years too. Well, it's like for Tiger Woods, how do you be so, so good for so long? Like, for like 20 plus years, I it think. It was the fucking hookers and blow he was doing oh, nightly well i'm just kidding give me some of that because like <laughs> i'll be a millionaire <laughs> uh hold on i'm gonna take a quick bathroom break and we'll be right we'll be right back back from the bathroom break uh i was uh, we're in lovely venetian hotel great bathroom it's got a bathtub bathtub has got jets in it right i think so yeah a little Sh- i took a shower actually shower's really nice good flow good water flow Good water flow. It's just it's real roomy too, honestly. Okay. Very spacious. There's a TV in the bathroom too. Did not see the TV. There's a small TV in the corner. I got two TVs in like one in like in front of the bed and then one in front of like the couch and like the living room or whatever. Yeah. One in the TV and there's one in the in the bathroom too, which is pretty dope. Okay. I will uh I will check and see if that has any adult films on it before I leave here. Nice. Um The Celtics Heat. I royally fucking oh i know you're a diehard celtics fan mm, I'm i know like, I, I can't i can know you i know you must be pissed about like what they're doing they are um they, they, they've lost the series Ooh, i don't i don't think that i don't think that i think what happens is um i think we play our cards too early like i think the heat are allowing us to whoop their ass in the first half because like they like we think that that'll work you know what i mean and then the heat then take that and then stop what we think is working. And then it's like too late to come back from us not scoring on multiple possessions. The Heat are a good team. We fucking play like shit. This late. game's going to come down to, to we play to, like to seven. Shit this late. game's going down to seven games. This series. There's no doubt. It is up for grabs. The though. Celtics need this next one. If the Celtics don't get this next one, it's the I don't Heat care. Have it might go seven, right but it's over. You know what I mean? And we're doing an excellent job at like keeping those out. 
keeping them contained as much as possible because the heat as much as i despise to say it the heat are extremely similar to the way the fucking warriors play in the sense where they play phenomenal defense those two rookie are not rookie those two young shooters they got the Tyler white hero and duncan robinson duncan robinson like their stat lines are like they're ridiculous. They're, they're crazy shooters right now. And then you got Jimmy Butler leading it. Jimmy Butler said something really interesting in this last game. He said it in a pregame interview. He said, um, I don't like playing like super aggressive early. I like to get my guys going. He's like, because I know I could turn it on late. And I was like, well, I, at the time, right? Uh, I was thinking um, like, well, Obviously, like the fucking Celtics are about to poop on you. We're going to be up 20 and then have fun coming back from that, Jimmy. And then as soon as like I start thinking that, then it happens in front of my eyes. And they're capable of scoring nine points in, a, in less than a minute. And that's what I see is the similarity between them and the Warriors is because they can flip games in a fucking heartbeat. They'll do two, three quick dribbles, two, three skip passes around the court, get the defense slightly off their toes. And they'll let, and they'll like what a three right in your face and there's nothing you, there's nothing you can absolutely do about it because you have to be on the, the offense because Jimmy Butler he can shoot the three but originally he has always been a knockdown mid range shooter and you know he can take it to the bucket he he's Jimmy buckets yeah it's Jimmy buckets so you definitely have you have to play for both of those for both of those fuck in a man these Celtics I hope you guys can hear the pain in my voice when I talk about how poor we play late in games. Oh my God. I am grateful that we had a chance to win game one on a Jason Tatum dunk. I'll take the block. Like that's an all time great block. Seriously. Um, but man, you know, the good teams close things out. The Lakers tonight, they were up by 20. They remained up by 20. They closed things out. The heat, they don't, they're never fucking up until the fourth quarter, but then they close it out. And it's like, God damn it. This Celtics team, in my opinion, is fucking tenfold better than the Heat. On paper, yes. Not. On paper, yes. But they're not. Like, oh, but my it comes God. down to who wants it more right now. It's so hard to Celtics guard. seem like they don't, they, they don't want it right now. They haven't seemed like they really want it. They don't have that drive right now, it seems like. They're just happy to be in Disney World and want to ride on the roller coasters. I think they were stoked to have played them as opposed to Giannis. Like, I feel like they're like, oh my gosh. They probably prepped for Giannis. It didn't happen. Now they're playing the Heat and the Heat are kicking their ass. Yeah. And, the, and, and they just can't stop. Because they probably, because I've done, I've done, I've personally have experienced this in sports. You prep for, you have two. You prep for, I'm sure you have, of course. You prep for one team. And then something happens and you wind up not even playing that team. So then it's like you kinda you're you're kinda like, oh, oh shit, what do I do now? The Celtics are in a weird spot. Uh they desperately need this next game. And and you know the Celtics, they're super capable of like fucking getting that lead. But man, you know, as much as as much as I talk about, you know, early on in the podcast talking about Brad Stevens knows when to call timeouts. Sometimes there's times when we're getting great shots. You know, we might have missed a couple of possessions, but we're, we missed great wide open shots. And like, you know, maybe we should let a series play out before we call that timeout. Maybe we're like we're flowing, like we're running really well. 
and we've just missed a couple of times. <sighs> what I see happening, I, I, well, I pray to God. I, I hope you understand this podcast. I'm never going to bet against the teams I like. I think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. I think the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. I think the Celtics are going to win the fucking. Why won't you bet against the teams you like, though? If if they if your teams are actually good teams, why won't you I'm, bet against them? I'm guilty to a fault, and my teams are fucking good this year. That's the, that's the issue. You all the teams you my like teams are, are, are pretty good. good. So They're good. It's kind of hard not to bet. Like if you have a, you kind of have like a game game for same like a tune up game. The Dodgers, amazing, great chance to win the World Series. The Saints looked phenomenal against fucking love Drew Brees. Tom Tampa Brady. He's one of my favorite. Tampa Brady. <laughs> Drew Brees is one of my favorite quarterbacks. I've always loved Drew Brees. He's a stud. He's a stud. Pushed nailing it at 30. Was he 39 now? He's 40. He's 40? Mm-hmm. Still fucking flinging 500 yards a game. I would be at that game. I Because I told Cameron, I was like, I don't care if I have to spend an entire paycheck to see it. I will be at Allegiant Stadium to see Drew Brees play the Raiders on Monday Night Football, which is going to be this Monday. Um, because... I've never well. I've seen the Saints play once live. I saw them play the Cowboys at the new Cowboys Stadium on Thanksgiving. Phenomenal time. I was very grateful for that. Um, but to see them play in the new Allegiant Stadium, oh my god! Okay, so some stats up on the board here from the game. Anthony uh, I didn't Davis. Even look at the screen. Anthony Davis, thirty-seven points. LeBron James had 15, 12. I don't know how many rebounds. Uh, so. Rajon Rondo, ninth, nine assists tonight. He passes Michael Jordan for 10th all-time in playoff assists. Who do you think is at number one on that list? I'm going to look this up while you think. I who's think number it's, one at playoff it could assists? be LeBron James. Who, my, like, who would be in the top three? So, like, LeBron. Um, no, Rondo's 10th, obviously, so mm-hmm. not him. Um, Magic Johnson. Okay. Um... Okay, I have John Stockton because just because like I'll just throw John Stockton. Okay, because I'm actually gonna. I, so you have one more to get a top five because I have the list up. Hmm. I don't want to say Michael Jordan. I will say um. I'll go with uh. I said Magic already, right? So you said Magic, you said John Stockton, you said LeBron James. Uh-huh. There's two more. I want you to try to get to this five here. All-time assist leaders in the playoffs. Rajon Rondo passed Michael Jordan for 10th. We're trying to finish the last two in the top five. Because you're correct so far. Am I really? You're at least who's in the top five. You're not really? correct in the order. Okay. Okay, so you have two more. So I have... Oh, God. Larry Bird was pretty good in the playoffs because uh, he he played every year in the playoffs. So I would throw Larry Bird's name out there. Okay, because you got to think elite players that played every year in the playoffs. One more, and I'll tell you how correct you were. Um, then I'll go with Bob Cousy. Throw an old name out there. Nope. Okay, so uh, Magic's number one. Okay, two thousand three hundred forty-six total assists. John Stockton is number two. At 1,839 assists. I mean, he had that those those runs with the Jazz in Malone. In the 90s and everything. In the 90s, yeah. LeBron is at three. Uh, LeBron has the possibility. Um, let me see here. 10. 
he has a possibility of pass, passing Stockton. I don't think LeBron will pass Magic. Because no. LeBron's at 1,700 and Magic's at 2,300. Magic was unreal in the playoffs, more, too. 600 more assists. Think about how fucking insane that is. He has to literally get... LeBron has been in the playoffs every single year. He's made year. to the finals for eight straight years. It was nine. Nine straight years. There you go. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. Holy so, shit. So, um, number four. You didn't get this one. Jason Kidd blew my mind. I forgot about Jason Kidd, actually. So, Jason Kidd played for the Phoenix Suns 1997 to 2001. Then he played with then the, the Mavericks Net- and the Nets. The Nets before the Mavericks. And then the Knicks one time, but he has 1200 assists. So like, there's a huge gap. There's like LeBron at 1700 and then there's Jason Kidd. At- so I got the top three. Pre- I got, yes. to- I didn't think I'd get top three, but so cool. think a little harder about who's had historic playoff runs. Think dynasty. You're missing this last point guard. That's Tony been- Parker. I was thinking about Tony, Tony Parker. Parker. I was going to say Tony Parker originally, but I was like, has he done enough in the playoffs too? He had, he did win the finals MVP. So I was, but I didn't think he'd be top five. Larry Bird was six, so you barely missed. And I mean, Larry Bird had uh, less than a hundred. He was less than a hundred away. Who, who else did I say? Did I say anybody that wasn't on the top? You 10? said Bob fucking Cousy. Bob Cousy. Uh, I threw that out because he's because he won like seven. Bob Cousy's NBA 15. Finals. Bob Cousy's fifteen. Okay, so not not too right far behind off. Jerry West. Okay, so I guess four out of five in the top ten. That's not too too shabby. No, I was really impressed. I was really impressed, but I at the same time. You're really you're you're a logical person when it comes to NBA stats. You you broke it down in a way you weren't like, oh well, Chris Paul. Who else? Who else? Uh, uh, Steph Curry, Derrick Rose, and James Harden. <laughs> Derrick Rose. No, no, no. I literally went through decades. I almost threw out no. Walt Frazier. I almost threw out like a couple, like Scotty Pippen. Oh my god! I almost threw out a couple names. Who was the point guard for those Houston Rocket teams when they had Elijah on? Um, Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith wasn't the point guard though. I thought he was a. I thought he was a shooting. Who's who ran the rock? Did Vernon Maxwell? They did. Um, Otis Thorpe. Um, Robert Ory. Good teams. Good team. So. Uh, what I wanted to close up here with David is um, since it is your birthday and right after this, since we've already watched the game, we've been pregaming a little, we're going to go downstairs. What is your top three favorite drinks uh, when you go to a bar? If I'm personally getting like, like a cocktail or a shot? If you're getting a cocktail. Cocktail? Yes. My number one has always been a whiskey and a Coke per se, whether it's Jack Daniels, Jim Beam. Whatever. I'm I'm a fan of rum too, like Captain Morgan. I don't mind what else? I've always wanted to try mojitos, but I've never had I've heard they're very good, but I've never had them. We'll have one tonight. <laughs> I've always um uh let's see, what what other cocktails have I had that were pretty tasty? So like just top like so like if you're going to a bar, you said Jack and Coke, but you can keep it simple. If you if you're a well drink kind of guy, list off your well drink. I say well drinks is like that's what's usually in happy hours. Oh, okay. You know, like the Jack and Coke usually a well drink. Yeah, I like Jack and Coke. My girlfriend likes to get Sprite and Malibu, which I don't Same mind either. Mine. It's pretty tasty. I don't Same like. I'm not mine. gonna say it's like I like. It. I don't mind drinking at all. But it doesn't get you like if I'm drinking. No, it's not gonna. It's not gonna do what Jack Daniels. Well, Jack will do. No, no. Of course if you not. pay a visit to Mister Daniels, you're gonna get a different kind of experience. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, what else have I? What else is a cocktail? That's probably why Taylor's mom made you a freaking Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey. Yeah, I had no clue about that too. I will be posting a picture of this cake on Instagram. So you guys, obviously, she took a little bit more effort and time into my cake. It looks good, David. It looks great. But fuck yeah, no, the like the ice cubes is what really like got me. Like I can't get over like. I'm gonna have another one at the end. I haven't tried it. Did you? Did you eat a whole ice cube? Yeah. Was it tasty? It's a lot, so I recommend doing it after the podcast because <laughs> like I kind of wolfed it down. <laughs> you can't enjoy it. Was it. A, it was a lot of sugar. You, I wish you, you, you need to suck on it. You need to suck on it. Well, it's an ice cube, George. Of course, you got to suck on it. You got to melt it. That is true. That is true. But yeah, no, I'm a, I'm mainly I've always been a whiskey and coke kind of guy. But what about you? What do you? What's your three okay. cocktails of choice? Ah, oh, ever since I went to Cancun, had a phenomenal time, buddy. I love a fucking margarita, like. It's Mexico you know, I love all the time in my you know, head. I love. I don't mind a pina colada too. Oh, but see, the thing is, um, I don't. I've gone away from frozen drinks because there comes a point in time with the coldness, and then like sometimes they're really over sugary. Yeah, like a Jack and Coke. I know I'm getting the right amount of sugar with the alcohol mixture. A margarita, like I'm not have. I don't like frozen margaritas. Like I literally like to just drink. My alcohol, as opposed to, I'm a to fan like, of rimming my glass with the salt. Yes, that, you need a salted rim. I rimmed tahine. it last time with salt and tahini, and I threw a little bit of sugar on there for like a little sweet and salty with my margarita. And I quite like, I quite was quite fond of it. Those are delicious. Those are really good. Those are really because so margarita is number one because you can do that to a margarita. Number two, I'm with you on the Jack and Cokes. That is like if if I am like. It's like my Sitting favorite down. chaser. Yeah, it's oh chaser all day. If I'm at home and I and I want to make a cocktail, I'm most likely going to make. It's simple. Like a cock. It's it's so you can't you can't fuck it up. <laughs> you really can't fuck it up. You can put as much liquor. I I always go uh, like a, a what's good, the ratio? <laughs> well, everyone has different ratios. I'm sure your ratio it depends is on bit. what time of the night it is. If it's the first drink or the last drink. <laughs> First drink, usually I got to taste it because my dad always said, if you don't taste it, it's not there. <laughs> so usually I just pour them both in the cup at the same time. But I always like fill off the soda at the end with a little extra spritz of the whiskey. Just a little bit. <laughs> so I always do a little bit. I always go more alcohol than Coke usually in my um, uh, cocktails because at the end of the day, I'm not drinking it for taste. I'm drinking it to get, to get to fucking get wasted. To get to wasted. Get, to get plastered. So that was number two. Number three, you mentioned mojitos, and that got my mind thinking. You I, me moj- you're the one I who got me on to wanting to try a mojito. I didn't plan out my list before this. I was like, because I, I knew my top two. But that third spot is really unique. You know what I'm going to do for that? Okay. Um, because we said any kind of alcohol, like what we'd order at a bar. I'm going to go with a, if, if it's at all possible, a Corona Premier with a lime. I like Corona Premiers more than I like Corona Extras. It's a little lighter of a beer. Okay. I'm a fan uh, of lighter beer. You got me on the lighter beer. I don't like a, like those dark ales. Those taste Ugh. like roots. A lager. Like a, a lager. <laughs> don't give me no Foster's lager. You drink a whiskey drink? You drink a half a drink? You drink a cider drink? You drink a lager drink? No, I got, I got one for you. <laughs> if you were to go to the bar... What's the very first shot you're going to order? Ooh, okay. So this sets the tone because I order a whiskey shot if I'm going with Jack and Coke tonight. I always I order a tequila shot 
if I'm going with margaritas. You know, I try to keep it in the same alcohol. Uh, I'll usually always pairing. do, and I got my girlfriend onto this too. She does a, we do a, a Jack Honey or whatever whiskey and honey they have per se. Okay. Because I've always been, I've always been fond it's of it. It's smooth. It's very smooth. It does. It's not. It's not like harsh, and it's pretty smooth. But because like vodka, like is like Loki gross. Vodka especially, straight is fucking disgusting. Especially like a bar's vodka, like yeah. the cheapest vodka. No, no, it'll taste like nail polish. No, you gotta pay the big bucks to get the good stuff like Ciroc. Or That's that Grey Goose, baby. Grey Goose. Grey Goose is shitty too. I no, don't vodka know why to me I say is just Goose. fucking like what? I don't like it. Vodka is just vodka just tastes like cleaning product vodka to me. From Some mother vodka? Russia. <laughs> from the mother one. <laughs> Man, well, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure to do this, bro. I, I'm so glad that I'm finally able to have you on. I'm like on a redemption tour. I did 20 episodes, 22 episodes. I said 21 last last uh, show. I've done 22 podcasts. And I was like, you know, I didn't have any of my fucking my my day ones on there. You know what I mean? And I was like, I fucking regretted it. So I'm very grateful that we're able to do this tonight. We had the time. Yeah, I'm I'm very grateful too. It fit into the plans, bro. And I mean, I think by the way that we float tonight, I think the people will love it. I think that you'll definitely be a, you'll have to be a regular. Like I would, I would love nothing. I had a lot of fun doing this. Is something I've always wanted to do, but I've just for so for a while just put my head down, and just worked. Yes, I've been I've been working real hard this past year. I went from making twelve fifty, not even. Went from making about nine, ten bucks to about seventeen, eighteen dollars. It's a huge jump. And that you've been able to move into a beautiful apartment. Like Thank I'm serious. You. Like that the place is super nice. I love the wood flooring. I do too. I love the way it's I'm all set up. I'm a huge fan of the wood flooring. You guys are doing well for yourselves. Like I said, it's your birthday, so kind of like just want to tell this podcast the fuck off. <laughs> right. So let's go out and party, brother. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Right. I had a blast. All right. Uh, please uh go ahead and share this post or share this podcast to whoever you know likes podcast uh follow george carmona podcast on instagram uh go uh add me as a friend on facebook like my page and then go follow me on twitter i'm gonna be posting a lot of things on twitter um coming up here i will be posting my parlays for the uh the nfl weekend i'm trying to turn 20 bucks into 500 that is the goal. That is the new goal that I'm setting for myself. Love to see that happen. Uh, could happen on this weekend. I'm going to do a, a lot of different parlays. Um, and, and we'll see. And we'll see. You know, that's the fun of the NFL season. I'll also be posting my uh, fantasy football lineup so you guys can let me know what uh, I should do. And I never have to ask you about that. What, uh, what moves. We'll save that. We'll save that for yeah, so next that, time. That way you do come back. You know what <laughs> I mean? You're a little itch to want to come back now. Yes. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is the show. See ya.